0: Welcome to episode 92 of the I Wanna Party with Bob Bobcast. This episode is the paranormal trivia challenge episode and features some of the finest paranormal investigators around today. The trivia contestants in this episode are the following people Amanda Paulson of the Pretty F'n Spooky YouTube channel and blog, Sharice Williams of the Sharice Williams YouTube channel, Ivy and Hannah from the Ghoul's Trip blog. And finally, Josh and Tamara of the Hex Files podcast. These people are all super, super rad people. They're all incredibly knowledgeable about the paranormal and more, really. And they all have a ton of integrity when it comes to doing paranormal investigations and that kind of thing, which really sets them apart for me because the paranormal investigation field has been known to have people with, let's just say, less than perfect morals, I guess you would say. Not any of these people. They're all incredibly rad. I think we should just get right to it. So, before we start the trivia challenge and I tell you what's going to happen with the music in this episode, let's do the... year of the Episode This beer of the episode should be investigated itself because it has haunted me from my very first sip. This one is the Roller Zombies by Plan 9 Alehouse, a hazy IPA brewed with oats, flaked wheat, Simcoe, Citra, and Sabro hops, and there are also bourbon cherries in this beer. Oh, interesting. It has a 6.8% alcohol by volume. Well, why don't we try this beer and see how well it rolls off of the palate? It's good. I wonder if I can actually tell that there are cherries in this. Bourbon cherries. I don't even know what that is, really. But, you know, it sounds kind of delicious. This beer is delicious, too. It's smooth. Yeah, hazy IPAs are kind of smooth a little bit, I think. This one's good. There's like a little hint of sweetness in it. Ooh, I like it. Very good. You can also enjoy this fine beer and many other beers at Plan 9 Ale House, which is located at 155 East Grand Avenue in Escondido, California. You can call Plan 9 at 760-489-8817 or visit Plan 9 Alehouse on the web at www.plan9alehouse.com. I did mention music back there. The music you're going to hear in this episode is brought to you by the bands Nightbirds, who are New Jersey's finest purveyors of punk, and the Hybrids, Canada's coolest supergroup of super awesome people nightbirds are going to show up between rounds one and two of the trivia with the song haunted town and the hybrids will be appearing at the very end of the episode with a misfits cover the song attitude yes attitude which i have a lot of sometimes here comes round one of the trivia followed by nightbirds then we'll finish up the trivia and i'll be back to say a few words stay tuned Welcome to the I Want to Party with Bob Paranormal Trivia Challenge. Thank all of you so much for taking part in this challenge with me. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you, Bob. (laughs) There are three rounds of questions to contend with in this challenge. Round one features 10 questions about haunted or paranormally active places. Round two features 10 questions about haunted or cursed objects. And round three is one question about either of those topics I just mentioned, which will be answered in the final jeopardy style. The round one questions are worth five points each round two questions are worth 10 points each. And the final round question is worth 20 points for this trivia challenge. I have separated the six of you into teams. Team one will consist of Amanda and Sharice team. Two will consist of Ivy and Hannah And team three will consist of Josh and Tamara. There is going to be a prize for the winning team. A brand new Bobcast Ghost t-shirt. Woo! Yeah! (laughs) I have assigned each team your own buzzer. I will play those buzzers for you now so you know what it is going to be. Team one, this is your buzzer. I am afraid of no ghosts. Oh, yeah. All right, Ghostbusters. Mm -hmm. Team two, this is your buzzer. Go, go, go ghouls night out for the ghouls trip yes indeed mm-hmm. and okay. team three this is your buzzer dance, magic, dance. <laughs> <laughs> let's test your knowledge of all things paranormal here is round one and questions about haunted places round one question number one this very haunted hotel which is located in eureka springs Arkansas originally opened for business in May of the year 1886. Since its opening, the hotel has been repurposed as a college for young women and a hospital when the hotel business could not keep the doors open. There are various haunts in this hotel from Michael, the unlucky Irishman who fell to his death, to Morris the Cat, the former general manager of the hotel, who still lurks around the lobby of the hotel, it is said. Some of the creepier hauntings in this hotel come from an area known as the morgue, which is in the basement of the hotel. When the hotel was a cancer treatment hospital, many people died on the premises, which could explain the eerie sounds emanating from the morgue area to this very day. Name this hotel for me, please. I ain't afraid of no Uh, Crescent Hotel. Very good, Amanda, yes. Good Mm -hmm. job. Mm -hmm. job. Question number two. This question features another very haunted hotel, the Stanley Hotel, which is located in Estes Park, Colorado. F.O. Stanley built the hotel, which opened in the year 1909, and it is said that Mr. Stanley roams the halls of this hotel to this very day, even though he died in the year 1940. F.O. Stanley's wife, Flora, is said to inhabit the hotel as well, even after she passed, and she likes to play the piano for guests, just as she did when she was still alive. One author was inspired to write a novel with the Stanley Hotel as its backdrop when he and his wife stayed at the hotel on its last day of operation before closing for the winter. The author supposedly had a nightmare about his young son being chased around the empty hotel on the night of his stay, which led to this famous novel being written, and eventually a very popular horror movie was made based on that novel. Name that book and or novel and author for me, please. The Shining by Stephen King. Good job, Josh. Yes, you are correct. Excellent. Okay. Question number three. Do not pass go and let's head directly to jail with this question. This former penitentiary is located in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania and operated as a prison from the years 1829 until 1971. Currently, the former prison is a museum and a historic site. And this location is very popular as a destination for paranormal investigators. That could be because of its 142-year history of suicide, torture, murder, madness, disease, and all other forms of human suffering. That, I would suspect, has led to the high volume of paranormal activity at this location. A fun fact about this place... The band The Dead Milkmen filmed part of the video for the song Punk Rock Girl at this location and the self-guided historical tour of the former prison is mostly narrated by Steve Buscemi. Name this hellish former prison for me, please. Uh, Eastern State Penitentiary. You are correct, Hannah. Great job. Good job, Hannah. Thank you. Question number four: Located on the east coast of the United States, in the state of Florida, to be exact, is the next haunted place we're going to talk about. I'm not going to give you too many clues about the function of this building or exactly where it's located, as that would give the answer to this question away. I will tell you this, though. This location was dubbed the Mona Lisa of paranormal sites by Jason Hawes and Grant Wilson of TAPS and TV show Ghost Hunters fame. TAPS investigated the location for the first time in 2006, which really helped to shine a light on the high level of paranormal activity at the location. Some of the evidence gathered for the Ghost Hunters show was the image of a shadow figure peering over the railing of a stairway above the investigators, and also an EVP of a female-sounding voice asking for help. I hope those clues were enough for you to give me the name of this very haunted location in Florida. I am afraid of no ghosts. The St. Augustine Lighthouse. Oh my gosh, you are Woo! correct, Sharice. Good job, good job. Question number five. Former American Civil War battlefields are home to more than a bunch of middle aged men dressed up in period clothing and shooting pretend cannons at each other. I'm talking about ghosts and paranormal activity, and this location has plenty of both of those things. This area was the site of a battle for three days during the American Civil War in the year 1863, in which nearly 8,000 people died in just this battle. Some of the otherworldly activity that is said to occur at this location. Some say they've heard the phantom cries of wounded and dying soldiers. Some say they've seen full-bodied apparitions in military uniform wandering the battlefield years and years after the fighting was over. The strangest spirit that some claim to have seen on this battlefield was spotted during the battle. It's rumored that the spirit of George Washington appeared to Union soldiers at the site of one of the skirmishes in this larger battle at Little Round Top to be specific and Washington was spurring the union soldiers on to victory what is the name of this famous battlefield dance magic dance. what is getting burned Good job, Josh. Thank you. Excellent job. Question number six. It's time to weigh anchor and set sail on a creepy cruise with this question about a haunted ship. This luxurious ocean liner started its career as a passenger ship, spent some time ferrying allied soldiers all over the world during World War II, and ended its career docked in Long Beach, California, where it sits to this day. The ship was nicknamed the Grey Ghost during World War II due to the gray shade of paint on the ship's hull, which camouflaged a ship against the backdrop of the seas on which she sailed. That ghostly nickname is as appropriate today as it was during World War II, as there may be more paranormal residents on board the ship rather than living crew members these days. A lady in white, a former engineer in the ship's engine room, and various children in the first-class pool area are some of the spectral sailors you may see on board the ship today. Name that ship for me, please. The Queen Mary. Good job, Ivy. You are correct. Yes, the Queen Mary. Question number seven. This one is multiple choice. August 4th, 1892 was a bad day to be either Andrew or Abby Borden. Both were murdered by Hatchet at their home that day, and the young Lizzie Borden was arrested for the murders several days later. Lizzie was eventually acquitted of the murders, and the debate rages on to this day whether she was guilty of the crime or not. The Borden Murder House is now a bed and breakfast, which claims to be haunted by the restless spirits of Andrew and Abby Borden. The Lizzie Borden Bed and Breakfast offers ghost tours, a paranormal night, and if you exit through the gift shop, the chance to buy a replica, bloody hatchet, and Lizzie Borden bobbleheads. Yes, wonderful. Although very interesting, the replica murder weapon is kind of beside the point here What I'm looking for is the name of the town in which the elder Bordens were murdered and still supposedly reside to this day. Is it A, Boston, Massachusetts, B, Fall River, Massachusetts, or C, New Bedford, Massachusetts? I'm going to go with B, Fall River. You are correct, Cherise. Good job. Question number eight. Native Americans believed this island was a portal to another dimension. They also believed the island was inhabited by evil spirits. Sometimes as punishment for violating tribal law, you could be banished to the island to live among the evil spirits for a short time or maybe even for the rest of your short life. The tradition of banishing people to this island continued into the 20th century when the island became a federal prison from the year 1934 until it was closed in the year 1963. Interestingly, Al Capone did some time at this prison from 1934 until 1939, and it's said you can still hear the strumming of his banjo from his old home in cell block B of the prison. There are so many stories of hauntings on this godforsaken rock We'd be here all night talking about them. So by all means, what is the name of this very spectrally special island that is located in the middle of San Francisco Bay in Northern California? Uh, Is it Alcatraz? It is Alcatraz. You are correct. Question number nine, St. Louis, Missouri is the location of our next haunted hovel or the haunted mansion to be specific. The family that owned this home made their fortune brewing beer, founding a brewery first in 1838, then renaming the business the Falstaff Brewing Company in the year 1903. Prohibition severely damaged the brewing business, which forced the family to suspend beer making operations and sell off the Falstaff Brewing name. This family's trouble started before Prohibition, however, with the untimely death of the heir apparent to the family fortune, Frederick, at the age of 28 in the year 1901. Over the years, four members of the family died by suicide, some inside of the mansion that we're talking about here. These days, the mansion is a restaurant and an inn, which is said to be haunted by the spirits of some of the very unfortunate former residents. Apparitions have been known to appear suddenly vanish, glasses in the bar area of the restaurant will randomly fly through the air doors lock and unlock by themselves and much more strange activity is said to take place in this mansion the question here is what is the name of this haunted mansion Is it Vale Mansion? No, I'm sorry, it is not Vale Mansion. Mm. I don't know this one. Dance Magic Dance. Is it the um, Anheuser Busch mm. Mansion? Because you know, <laughs> no, it's not the Anheuser Busch <laughs> Mansion. Anybody else? Hmm. Mm-mm. The correct answer is the Lemp Mansion. The, the Lamp mansion. mansion. I've never heard of that. Yes. <laughs> you should read about it. It's really interesting. It is really an interesting story. Hmm. Question number 10 and the final question of round one. This question is about a haunted location known as the Old Portland Underground. This underground area is a series of tunnels that connect the basements of a variety of businesses in the Old Town Chinatown neighborhood in Portland, Oregon. These tunnels were mainly used to transport goods from the waterfront in Portland to the basement storage areas of various taverns, hotels, restaurants, many other types of businesses. It is thought that the tunnels were used for much more nefarious purposes, a form of human trafficking, and that's how these tunnels got their name. Is this area haunted, though? Oh, yeah, it's supposed to be shadow figures, a prankster ghost named Sam who will tug on your hair and pull on your shirt sleeves. And some people even say they feel like they're being watched even when no one is around when they're in these tunnels. The question is, what are these tunnels under Portland, Oregon, most popularly known as? The Shanghai Tunnel. Is the Shanghai Tunnels of Portland, Oregon. Yes, indeed. All right, let's tally up round one. Team one comes in with 15 points. Team two has 20 points. And team three, last place with 10 points. That leaves team two or Ghoul's Trip in the lead. Hey. Yeah. Hey. Let's move on to round two and questions about haunted and cursed objects. Here's question number one. Ed and Lorraine Warren founded their occult museum in order to store the various trinkets, totems, and knickknacks that they had collected through the years in the course of their many investigations. The Warrens believed that many of the items stored in the museum were too dangerous to just leave lying around, so they put these items in their basement where they could keep an eye on them. A vampire's coffin? A child's tombstone that was used as a satanic sacrificial altar and many more trinkets of terror reside in the Warren Occult Museum. One item in particular is likely the most famous and possibly the most dangerous object in the museum. This item is stored in a glass case with a sign reading, Warning, positively do not open, displayed prominently on the front of the case. For good measure, a copy of the Lord's Prayer is stored in the case with the object, just in case if the object needs to do some light reading. Tell me, what is the name of this very dangerous and very famous haunted object? Is it Annabelle? (laughs) <laughs> it is Annabelle. Yes, indeed. Annabelle. 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 Question number two. This question is based on a fictional character from the 126th episode of The Twilight Zone titled Living Doll. The episode first aired on November 1st, 1963 and starred Telly Savalas as the abusive stepfather of a young girl named Christy. Christy's mother... Annabelle, bought the young girl a doll in order to comfort her from her stepfather's abuses. The doll can talk and says things like, my name is blank and I love you very much. The doll does not like the character played by Telly Savalas very much, saying things like, I don't like you, and eventually, my name is blank and I'm going to kill you. The doll does follow through with her promise. At the very end of the episode, she tells Annabelle, My name is blank, and you'd better be nice to me. Fill in the blank. What is the name of the doll from this Twilight Zone episode? And some say that if Annabelle is not a real haunted and or doll affected by any kind of spirit activity or anything like that, that that's where the Warrens got their idea to name the doll Annabelle, and the whole story came from this Twilight Zone episode. Hmm. I'm just going to say Annie because I really don't know. Oh, you don't know? Oh, Josh. Oh, okay. Are yeah, doing that? That? No, I was going to say Barbara, and then you were like, oh, well, they named it Annabelle. And I was like, well, then maybe fucking Annie. Or- <laughs> you no, know, the, the mom's name was Annabelle. So. Okay, so nobody knows uh, Nobody knows know. the answer to that one? I wasn't. Mm, um, the name of the doll was Annabelle. Talky Tina, question number three: There is an island in Mexico near Mexico City that is crawling with dolls. Well, they're hanging from the trees mostly. That's where you'll find the hundreds of dolls. La Isla de los Muñecas was decorated by Don Julian Santana Barrera in response to a grisly discovery he made one day on the island. After this discovery, Barrera started to hang dolls in the trees of the island because he believed that by doing so, he would appease a certain restless spirit. The dolls of the island are said to talk to each other, move their limbs and heads in response to someone walking past them, and even call out to you as your boat moves past the island, kind of like the sirens of Greek myth uh, in doll form. What was the event that led Señor Barrera to decorate the island with all of these dolls? What happened that made him decorate the island that way? I'm afraid of no ghosts. Oh, so what was the event? Yeah, what what to <laughs> <led laughs> decorating the island with dolls? You better get this right he found a girl who had drowned. You are correct. Yes, he found a little girl yeah. who had drowned. Yes. All right, question number four. Dolls, dolls, and more dolls. This is another question about a doll. This doll was found under an abandoned house in Wagga Wagga, New South Wales, Australia, nearly 50 years ago. A man named Carrie Walton found the doll and soon after began experiencing some strange and possibly paranormal events in his life. He'd find scuff marks on his wooden floors, as if the doll were moving around on its own. People who visited his home and got near the doll would feel sick, and some would even faint. However, in a fairly recent investigation of the doll, Amy of the Amy's Crypt YouTube channel said she believed that the spirit inside this doll was not bad or evil in any way, Amy believes the doll holds a good spirit and was told that even touching the doll was good luck. So on her YouTube channel, she did kiss this doll on the cheek. And by the way, this doll is terrifying looking. There's absolutely no doubt about it. The doll is said to be inhabited by the spirit of a young boy who drowned 200 years ago and that he will reveal his true name when he is ready. For now, though, what is this Australian doll known as? What is its name as of right now? Dance magic dance. Oh God! I know. Is it the one? Okay. Can I ask you? This is the one that they found. Like, it looks like he has a brain in it. Yes. Exactly. Like yes. Some- yes. Okay. <laughs> Can you tell me what it starts with? Can you just give me one letter? I'll give you one letter. Yes, L. <laughs> it starts with an L. I talked about him on my on the Curse podcast episode. Okay, here's another. I'll give you another hint even. It sounds like it might be an Italian name, but it's not a name at all. It's not a name. It's like a phrase. Right. It's like, let uh, let me out. I'll take it. I'll take it. Close enough. It's the name of the doll is actually Letta Me Out. Letta. Letta Me Out. Letta Me Out. Hey, Letta me out. Yeah. All right. Question number five. Finally, a question about an object that is not a doll. The object in question here Damn. is located at the Burton Agnes Hall in merry old England. Though there is nothing very merry about this object or the ghost of Anne Griffith who has a very personal attachment to this object. Anne Griffith died near Burton Agnes Hall in the year 1620 after being attacked and robbed by ruffians. Her dying wish was that she remain at the beautiful Burton Agnes Hall as long as the home should last. So, of course, Anne's sisters buried her as far away from the house as they possibly could in a churchyard. Anne's ghost raised such a ruckus That her sisters ended up giving in to her dying wish and transported her remains back to the hall. Only then was her ghost seemingly appeased and quiet. Many attempts have been made to move Anne's remains outside of the hall through the years. Which always ends with Anne's ghost roaming the halls screaming in anger and frustration from beyond the grave that her dying wish was not fulfilled. Mm. The question is... What part of Anne's remains are crucial to keeping this hall peaceful? It is a part of her body that must be in the hall in order to keep her from roaming around screaming all night long. Her her feet. Yes. That is incorrect. <laughs> <Just> absolutely incorrect. <laughs> I, I was I mean, gonna yes. guess leg. 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 I'm afraid of no ghost. Skull. Yes, Amanda, you are correct. It is her I definitely, skull. I knew that. Yep. Yeah. Her, it's known the skull is known as The Screaming Skull of Burton Agnes Hall. Question number six. We're going to go back to dolls for a minute with this question. There is a doll located in the Pulau Ubin region of Singapore that locals basically worship. The doll is located at a shrine for a young girl who died tragically in the year 1914. In 2007, a local man had a dream for three nights in a row where a young girl led him to a toy store and pointed out a very specific doll that she wanted. After the third night of the same dream, the man went to a nearby toy store and saw that exact doll for sale in that store. The man bought the doll and took it to the girl's shrine where it sits to this day. Visitors to the shrine believe that by giving the doll gifts of perfume and lipstick, it will bring them good luck. The question is... What kind of doll is it that the young girl wanted from beyond the grave? Hey, is Anna, you're correct. It is a Barbie doll. Yes, it's known as the Barbie of Pulau Ubin. I was going to guess Cabbage Patch, so I'm going to use one that you're <laughs> no, it's not a Cabbage Patch. No. All right, question number seven. The next item we're going to talk about was bought at an estate sale in 2001 and supposedly has a very interesting history. The purchaser of the item states that he initially found out the item was a family heirloom and that when he attempted to return the item to the family, they didn't want anything to do with it because the item had an evil spirit living within it. So the man who bought this item, Mr. Kevin Manis, gave this item as a birthday present to his mother because he was such a great son. And everybody wants their mother to have an evil spirit in their house, right? Well, apparently she had a stroke the day that he gave her this item. There's no word on if she survived or not. There is a common thread with this item that's shared by anyone in contact with it, is that they have nightmares of an evil old hag, okay? The item has passed through many hands since then, finally ending up at the Zach Baggins Haunted Museum in Las Vegas, Nevada. Once at the museum, the item was thoroughly investigated and found to be a complete fraud. Or was it? I don't know. What is the name of this possibly cursed and spirit inhabited item? It is a different box. Yes, you are correct. Question number eight, last doll question of this round, I swear. in two thousand and eight, A two-year-old Florida boy named James Bowman was given a doll by his mother. When the doll needed new batteries, the mother dutifully complied and replaced the batteries for the child. Fresh batteries seemed to have given the doll a fresh purpose in life as a murderer as the doll began to repeat the phrase, "'Kill James' over and over again.'" Now, was the doll unhappy about being slobbered upon day in and day out by a two-year-old boy? Or was it just a technical glitch? What type of doll was it that has a murderous streak deep in its programming? What kind of doll are we talking about here? I ain't afraid of no ghost. Elmo. Was Elmo an Oh, like very specifically I was the just pulling out my ass. i like, me, Elmo. Elmo. No, yeah, no Elmo knows your name, dog. Um, Elmo ah. knows your name. Yep. Oh, the don't fuck with me, Elmo. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't look at me, Elmo. Yes. yes. <laughs> I wish the motherfucker would, Elmo. <laughs> <laughs> Question number nine, Saint Francisville, Louisiana is the home of this haunted object. The Myrtles Plantation is supposedly host to several haunts. In fact, the home bills itself as one of America's most haunted homes. There's an object inside the plantation house that is said to hold the spirits of Sarah Woodruff and two of her daughters. A disgruntled slave named Chloe supposedly poisoned Sarah and her daughters, and they died before this object Could be covered up because this type of item was typically covered if it were known that someone was going to die nearby. So what kind of item is it that holds the souls of Sarah and her children at the Myrtles Plantation? Amir? It is Amir, mm-hmm. yes. And there is a fact check on this one, actually. They say there was never a slave in any of the record books at that plantation named Chloe. And Sarah and one of the daughters died of yellow fever while her other daughter lived until she was very, very old. So that story oh. is more than likely fake, but it is a good story. Final question of round two. Our final haunted or cursed object comes to us all the way from North Yorkshire, England. A man named Thomas Busby was executed for killing his father-in-law and business partner in the year 1702. One version of Thomas Busby's story has it that he was in a pub getting drunk when he was arrested for the crime And as he was being dragged out of the building, he cursed this object that whoever used it after he died, they would also die a horrible death. The object remained in the pub for many, many years, though locals did refuse to use this item. That didn't stop travelers from using the item, including several Canadian airmen who never returned from bombing missions over Germany during World War II after they used this object. Other victims of the object used it and died in car crashes and things like that after they went home from the pub. Finally, in 1978, the pub donated the item to a museum which hung the object from a ceiling so that no one could ever use it for which it was designed ever again. What kind of object was it that Thomas Busby cursed? It was a chair. It was a chair. Somebody dated the style of the chair, and they said the woodworking style in which that chair was made, the one that's on display, looks like it was made around 1840, which was 138 years after Busby was was executed. So the chair Mm -hmm. is probably not legitimate. (laughs) all right let's tally up the scores for round two in first place we have team number one with 40 points in second place we have team number two with 30 points and in last place hex files team number three with 20 points that brings the scores up till now Team one is in the lead with 55 points. Woo! Woo! Team two or ghoul strip is very close behind with 50 points. And team three is in dead last, dead last with 30 points. This next round, this question is worth 20 points. Final Bobberdy, Yes, that's what we're dealing with here. This one concerns an object that may not in and of itself be haunted or cursed, but through the years, This object has been blamed for possessions, hauntings, all kinds of nasty things. I am referring to the Ouija board. The first known version of the Ouija board dates back to 1100 AD and the Song dynasty of China, where users of this spirit world communication device utilized a planchette to write out messages from beyond or from somewhere. The first official version of the Ouija board is credited to Elijah Bond and was patented in the United States on February 10th of 1891. An employee of Bond, William Fold, took over production of the board and gave it the name Ouija. Slumber parties have not been the same since. Here's the question, and there are two different acceptable answers that I know of. What does the name Ouija mean? Okay, good luck. That is another acceptable answer. Yes, yes, yes. I'm afraid of no ghost. Yes, in <laughs> French and German. Yes, it is we, yeah. We, yeah. And or no. I'm going to go ahead and abuse my power. As moderator of this contest, and I will give that to you, Josh. It's close enough. So I <laughs> guess everybody got that one right. Because it, it effectively, it doesn't really change the outcome of the contest in any way, shape, or form. Anyway, so now let's tally up the final scores for the I Wanna Party with Bob Paranormal Trivia Challenge. In last place, Hex Files Podcast or Team Three, 50 points. Good job, good try. In second place is team number two or the Ghoul's Trip blog team with 70 points. And the winners of the I Want to Party with Bob Trivia Challenge coming in with 75 points is Amanda Paulson and Sharice Williams. Team number one, the Paranormal YouTube team. They have won the challenge with 75 points. Congratulations, Amanda and Sharice. Thank you so much to Amanda, Sharice, Ivy, Hannah, Josh, and Tamara for taking part in the I Want to Party with Bob Paranormal Trivia Challenge. Seriously, these people are so incredible. They are so rad. Check out the various paranormal-related content put out by the contestants. Just go to www.iwantapartywithbob.com slash podcasts, and there will be links to Amanda and Sharice's YouTube channels, the Ghoul's Trip blog website, and also the Hex Files podcast page. I should say this, with Hex Files, instead of going to their web page, which I will put on this episode's page on the website, I just check wherever you listen to podcasts, search Hex Files. They should be right there. Check them out. You will not be disappointed in anything any of these absolutely incredible people do, so please make sure you do check them out. Thanks so much to Nightbirds and the Hybrids. Links for the bands will also be up on this episode's page on the Bobcast website. Check them out. I almost forgot to say I do have new t-shirts. It's a very simple logo. It's just a ghost wearing glasses on black t-shirts because all the cool people do wear black t-shirts. Just go to IWantAPartyWithBob.com slash merch buy a shirt that'd be great you will look and feel great i do promise 100 guaranteed maybe 100 guaranteed you'll at least look great i don't know if you'll feel great it is 2021 we're still we're in we're in the hangover phase of 2020 at this point i believe well thank you so much for listening don't forget subscribe rate and review the bobcast wherever you listen to podcasts also please consider becoming my patron on patreon at www.patreon.com slash I want to party with Bob. Thanks again so much for listening. Here's the hybrids with their cover of the song Attitude.